Praise God. There's no one else like to pray. Just a few minutes before I head out. Uh, and then I'm not sure if Pastor will come and speak tonight. I'm not sure. But uh, let's turn to Romans chapter 8 very quickly. Romans chapter 8. Romans, the 8th chapter. The subtitle I have above this electronic Bible I'm looking at, right above chapter 8 of Romans, says, free from indwelling sin. What an amazing statement. On this side of eternity, I can be free from indwelling sin. We spoke about that at length this morning as we looked at Hebrews, Galatians, and Romans 7. How there are people who struggle and struggle. But God says you don't have to struggle. You can have victory. Yes. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus means I'm living with him. I'm living with him, abiding in him, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, as opposed to what other law? The law given at Mount Sinai, all the regulations, all the moral law was good, was always good and holy. That lasts forever. It was contained in the Mosaic Law. But the civil ceremonial laws, they really don't apply to us as individuals in Christ. But there's this other law. It's called the Law of the Spirit. Just the phrase makes me think about what Mike prayed. Like eagles mounting up their wings. It's an ascension. Hallelujah. It's a victory, a flight that is far above all of that fray that battle and that tension and the repeated cycle of uh, defeat that we see. The eagle's far above that. It's somewhere else in another zone. The spirit of life in Christ Jesus. The law of the spirit of life flying high above every problem. Isn't that the kind of life you'd like to live? We'd like to live? Absolutely. I want to live according to another law that makes me fly. Not fly on some evil trip, but on a direct, beautiful flight toward heaven. There's an eagle flying right to the sun, as they say. We fly right to the sun, capital S-O-N. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Oh, I love that statement. What I wouldn't pay to have this given to me from God in his love letter. And then understanding that it is all possible. It's not just a wish. It's real. I can be living my life according to the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, which makes me free from the law of sin and death. 
For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. You see, we couldn't do it. The law is good, but I can't look to that law to perfect me. So Jesus, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned the sin in the flesh. I want to follow that person. Anyone who can condemn sin in the flesh by giving his life for me, taking my sins upon his body, and then saying, on the cross it is finished, then rising on the third day, the one who gave us this testament, as you see in the book of Hebrews, the testator lives. He lives to execute his will to make sure I'm going to get what he planned for me to get. The state's not going to take it. No crook is going to take it. Jesus lives. He wrote a will out. It's called the New Covenant. And he's alive to make sure every one of his children will get the inheritance. Glory be to God. It seems too good to be true in this world. But it's not from this world. It's from heaven. We get to taste heaven while we're here on earth. And we get a deposit, a seal of the Holy Spirit, and a foretaste of the brand new creation that's coming. You know why? We can see by faith the universe changed. It says in the Bible, in the book of Hebrews itself, chapter 1, like a vesture, he's going to change it all. Like clothing, you know, you take off your coat. He's just going to undo everything. All the planets, the solar system, the Milky Way, the galaxies, Stars, he's going to wrap them up like a scroll, put them off like an old garment because he's bringing in the new. How do I know that? Because I'm new already before the universe becomes new. If you're in Christ, you're a brand new creation in Christ. And you are one of the tokens and it's a foretaste in each of our lives of what's going to happen to the universe. We're on the win-win. Victory all the way. Hallelujah. We're on the winning team. Always. But it's more than a slogan, more than just a pep talk from some coach. It's real. Hallelujah. We really have power over sin. We can really slam the door on the devil's face every time he tries to come and disrupt our walk with God. We can say, get out in Jesus' name. I'm following my Lord and Savior. He has everything I need. He loves me and I love him. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. You see, the law is separate from the flesh. The people are not able to find perfect freedom from the consciousness of sins through the law. We're called to keep it. Don't let anyone fool you and say that you can't keep the law. You can. People have kept the law. Elizabeth and Zacharias kept the law blameless and every ordinance is very emphatically stated. They were under the old covenant. When God says, thou shalt not steal, it's the devil that says, oh, God knew you couldn't keep the law. And that's why he sent Jesus. That's a lie. When God says, don't steal, he expects the person, whether they have Jesus or not, not to steal. My goodness. Doesn't the government whether it's city, state, or federal, 
have laws, don't shoplift? Do you see people struggling? Family, especially today on Friday, family after family. Where are you going? I'm going to Walmart. Now, everybody watch your hands because I know they start to grab things and put it in your pockets. You know, I'm dad and here's mom and here's our six or seven kids. We're all getting in the station wagon. We're going to go to Walmart and uh, I'll keep an eye on you if you keep your eye on me because we none of us can help shoplifting. In fact, the store manager shoplifts at another store himself. You know why? Nobody can keep the law. Nobody. That's as absurd as the devil's lie to tell someone when God says don't commit adultery, he knew you couldn't do it. It's a lie. There are a lot of people not committing adultery, not stealing. They honored their mom and dad. I've seen people who became gang members, even while they're in gangs, have such a love for their mother. It just shocked me. Even better than some Christians. Wow. How did that happen? He didn't didn't give in to the other stuff. He thought in his mind, I'm determined, this is my mom. No matter what I do and what people say and whatever happens, I'll always love my mama. She brought me into this world. There's a song many years ago like that. Secular song, but just had a song about love for the mother. Mom taught me how to say please and thank you. Mother's love is so special. will be with you till the day you die. <clears throat> how do you get a hardcore criminal having such respect and reverence and love for the mother? All this proves the devil is so clever. He has come and twisted God's scriptures. Multitudes sit in big churches and little churches and discipleship programs and rehab centers and Sunday school. And they're fed this lie. They don't bother to read the word of God. And they go on all mixed up. Well, I heard somewhere somebody said on the radio, you can't keep the law. That's why I keep shooting up. That's why I keep stealing cars and carjacking. No, you're making a choice. Now, when somebody gets into a habitual pattern of overstepping their conscience, because everybody has a conscience, and they become enslaved, now demons possess them, they really can't get out. That's another level. But is it fair and right and biblical to say? Common sense itself tells us. How can you be talking about Christianity and say that Christians can't keep the law? But the fact of the matter is, the truth is, God is saying that law could not change the conscience of the individual. You see? The standard is good and holy. And whoever gives himself or herself to it can follow it by the grace of God. As I mentioned this morning, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, Joshua, Caleb, Daniel, all the prophets, Jeremiah, Isaiah, they weren't wringing their hands and staying up late at night saying, I know I'm going to sin tomorrow. I know I'm going to eat an extra piece of bacon and get all gluttonous. And after that, I'm going to go and shoplift over here and I'll preach in between and tell Israel, repent. Meanwhile, I'll be watching pornography on the side. Oh, God. This is what the devil paints. This is what he's saying. It's a lie from the pit of hell. No, they kept the law. But they understood the law can't take me to heaven. 
with the sacrificial system because they all pointed to the one who would give me a new law, the law of love, the law of life in Christ Jesus by the Spirit, and purge my sins with his blood, which the animal of the bloods, the blood of the animals that, that is, could never do. Never do. See? The law cannot perfect me to the degree that even my conscience gets purged. But Jesus' blood can. In the Old Testament, David prayed in Psalm 51, Lord, I have blood on my hands. I'm dirty. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God. Renew a right spirit within me. Oh God, would you do it? I've, I've done evil, Lord. I stepped away from you. You're not responsible. I can't blame anyone. I did it. Against thee and thee only have I sinned, O oh Lord. And take not your Holy Spirit from me. He said, then I shall teach sinners your way. Why? Because he's back to the right way. And he can show them, look, I may have fallen. It was my fault. I didn't have to. I could have had a clean record from beginning to end. Nothing written about Joseph or Daniel that they violated or got, 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 got angry. No. David could have done that, but he didn't. So we need to own up to that and say, it was me. I chose to walk outside of God's will and that's why I fell. Not because the law is bad. God knew I'd fail. We're all failures. We're not perfect. We can't fail. We can say, Lord, I promise to pray at this time and not do it. I can fail. Maybe I got distracted. And I can say, Lord, I'm sorry. But that's a far cry from saying, God says, don't steal. And I'm stealing. And I'm a failure. Because God says, we're all failures. Try saying that to the judge in a human court. The reason I took off when the state trooper was trying to write me a ticket. The reason I did this and that and violated every law is because, well, judge, you know I'm a failure and so are you. You may have passed the bar exam and done all you had to do, become a circuit judge, but judge, you're a failure too. I know you shoplift. I know you break the speed limit. Absurd. God comes to clarify his truth and expose Satan's lies. Do you know what you believe affects the way you live? Absolutely. It may be the doctrine of demons. No wonder people act like demons. They're enslaved to demons because the doctrine they've received under the guise of divinity is actually the doctrine of devils. Somebody twisted the scripture. But when I have the divine doctrine that drops like dew from heaven, it's refreshing, beautiful. As Becky prayed, it's easy to follow the Lord. He's the most loving person. And what's more, he gives me all the power I need to do it. So it's a question of my decision, whether I want to follow him or not. If I hear his voice, that means I'm following him. I'm a sheep. And so I'm able to keep the law, but the law can't perfect me. And there is another law, as I mentioned in the morning, the law which is the principle of sin within my flesh. But not one second does God expect me to give into that. Rather, he said, murder that thing. Crucify it. Don't let that thing breathe. It'll kill you. It's like a cobra in the house. You coddle it and coddle that python, it'll kill you. 
as circus trainers, they're foolishly, some of them put their head in the mouth of a lion. They might have gotten away with it nine times out of ten, but the tenth time, they were headless. They died to the shock of the people. Who should be shocked? That's a beast. Who should be shocked? If they're adulterous, they're taking fire into their bosom. They're left. Shall they not get burned? Walk on hot coals? Not get burned? Can somebody play with sin and not get burned? Of course not. We see the analogies in even ordinary life. Mass times speed equals force. The basic law in physics. If you accelerate the vehicle to 120 miles an hour and it happens to be a Hummer or an 18-wheeler, you're going to have devastation and carnage. It's unthinkable if it collides with any other vehicle or buildings or people. How come people don't understand that when it comes to the spiritual world? Confusion about the law and grace. The law becomes something undoable and grace becomes cheap. So what do you end up with? Failure. And then preachers who are failing and they preach failure. And everybody fails, but they can have a barbecue and say, well, I'm alive today. And one day I will get to heaven. Jesus paid it all. Even the song says, I heard about. That old, old story. He groaned upon the tree for my sins. I repent of my own sins. I receive his forgiveness. Now, I will be victorious. I wish I understood this as a teenager and growing up. But I heard a lot of lies on the radio. A lot of lies in the churches. But it's still my fault. You know why? I didn't read the word for myself like I should. I... I did read, but it was through the lens of false teaching. But then, one day I said, I don't want to hear anybody or anything. If it's going to go contrary to your spirit, Lord. So will you speak to me, Lord, when I read the word? Now I can judge the preaching. By what? God's word. Because I know his word speaks holiness. Any preaching that says you can't be holy is from the devil. Any preaching that says, well, everybody's a failure, it's from the devil. A criminal mind will usually think that others are criminally minded too. That's why it says here, for to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded, oh, is a wholesome life, freedom, peace. Notice verse 4, because Jesus condemns sin in the flesh, the righteous requirement of the law will be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. He just finished with Romans chapter 7. He's not talking about the Jews back then. He's talking about himself now. Anybody who tries to live under the old covenant when the new covenant has come is not going to get freedom because that was made obsolete. Now we're supposed to look to Jesus. And you know what? When the Holy Spirit comes upon me, and that's why I don't have to go through Exodus and Leviticus and try to redo those things. 
they were given as a tutor for the Old Testament people and for me to learn just how careful I have to be when I walk with God, how thankful I have to be. But his spirit comes in after I'm washed by the blood of the Lamb. I receive the Holy Spirit. The righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. That's why spiritually minded people, people baptized in the Holy Spirit, genuine salvation experience, they can be failures. You know why? The moment they choose to walk according to that pull from the devil, just just do this, just one time. You know, you have such a hard day. You, you got to unwind. You got to call up somebody. You got to do something. Otherwise, you don't feel like you did good to yourself. In the book of Psalms, it says people are evil. They cannot go to sleep until they plan some evil. They can't sleep. That's how diabolically minded they become. They cannot sleep unless they devise mischief on their beds. What an expose of the human heart apart from God. But a believer can sleep and his sleep will be sweet. Her sleep will be sweet. You know why? Conscience is clean. I no longer plan mischief or hurt my stuff. My body is his temple. I love him. And he'll give me sleep. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Glory be to God. I'd like someone, please, to just continue reading this chapter right to the end. Romans 8, NIV version, verse 9 onwards. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, The spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation. But it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the spirit of God are the children of God. The spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. 
I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning, as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we are saved, but hope that is seen in no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through world, through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the minds of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to the purpose, according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. And he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave up all for us all. But gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who has raised to life, is at the right hand of the God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life Neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And this is why you hear us say often, the believer in Christ Walking in the Spirit is invincible. In this very chapter, you see, 
they are not dominated by sin. They have victory, absolute victory over sin. No volitional sin, no presumptuous sin. Heart is yielded to God. And nothing in all of creation can stop them, separate us from the love of Christ. This is better than any concept or creation of some idealist talking about some superman with superpowers and some Shangri-La as the place in literature goes, a place of utopia, some perfect place, paradise. We actually have it in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Right now, whom he justified, he sanctified. And then he glorified. You see, it says predestined, called, justified. You read the rest of the scriptures, you see with the justification and the glorification, there's a sanctification. He's working with us here. He's saying it in short. That from point A to point B, it's a straight line. The goal is glorification. And because we're seated together with Christ in the heavenly realms right now, we taste that glory even now. That's why we're glorified now. But there'll be a permanent glorification on that day. Permanent crowning. It only gets better with God, no matter how much hell is bent against us to destroy us. Even if we face death all the day long, killed all the day long, accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet, in all these things, we are more than conquerors to him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, that means I can't stop this, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, no demons, no angels. They can't stop us. Nor height, nor depth. You can't go into some twilight zone or some deep, deep depth where God cannot help you or somewhere else so high that he can't reach you. No other created thing can stop you. Nothing in all of creation can separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, my Lord. That's victory because the love is where the power is. It speaks of relationship with God. And if I'm I'm related to God and have the relation with God, when he shakes everything, as I mentioned, when he'll wrap up everything and change everything in the universe, I won't be shaken because I'll be in Christ. We can confidently say, truly say, nothing can stop a genuine sheep of God, genuine child of God, nothing in all of creation. In Romans chapter 8, we see sin can't stop us because he conquers sin on the cross and we conquer sin. We satisfy the righteous requirement of the law through the spirit of Christ living in us. Living in the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Blessed be God's name. Praise God.